I could take a holiday off the edge To consolidate all of my debt And it would be so easy Welcome to Podchodge episode 18. I'm your veritable and trustworthy host, Judge, joined with the other guy, Pro. No, no trustworthy on my side? Not at all. All right, that's, that's probably fair. Yeah, that's fair. And you know what? I am recording from an exotic location this week. Oh my. Very exotic. And you can probably hear the echoes around me. It's not the most opportune environment to record in, but it'll have to do. And I am recording from my bedroom. That's not any fun. No, it really isn't. Especially because you can hear the AC going on up here, but you can't fucking feel it, like at all. You can feel it if you're downstairs. Not up here, though. That kind of defeats the purpose of an air conditioner if you can't feel it. You're telling me. <laughs> Speaking the facts here on episode 18. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. We got to start sometime, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, I just appreciate it when, like, things actually work out. Um, you know, when you have ideal circumstances for things, when the things that you take for granted just... Work. Yeah. I like when the things that you take for granted work out. And it takes time to build yourself up to a point where you can afford to take things for granted. Because in the beginning, there was shit. That's not how I remember the Bible starting. <laughs> what do you think they meant by darkness? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have a whole new perspective. I learned something from the show today. Yep. That's what this agnostic aims to teach young children. Well, that's your little hint as to what we're going to talk about today. Things that Religion. we take for granted. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> things that we take for granted. The little things that we take for granted in video games. That is what we're going to be talking about today. But, as always, we have to go through Rant or Rave and Week in Review and all that fun stuff. So, let's go ahead and go to Rant or Rave right now. You gotta start this one out. <sighs> All right, so I've just got a rant. So we've been playing Diablo 3 lately, and it's become a bit tedious. So I'm, I'm at the point where I'm just trying to grind through the trophies. And one of the uh, more notable trophies, well, there's a few trophies that revolve around completing a hardcore mode campaign. And so, essentially, if you don't play Diablo, what that means is, if you die once, you're dead permanently with that character. So, we, we tried doing a few, uh, we tried doing a few speed runs, just to, like, try to, like, speed level up characters and, and get, you know, that shit taken care of. And those all ended really disastrously. So, we finally decided to try to take it slower. And I was able to get a, which was a Crusader. I was able to get a Crusader to level 40. We beat Diablo. We beat the fourth act. We, you know, we technically cleared the main game and fucking died <laughs> in a fucking backward ass corridor, charging in on an ability I had been trying to figure out how to use all goddamn game. Rushing in to do... I thought I was saving Judge from imminent death and destruction. I should have known better. Because I died. I was too cornered to escape and move. And yeah. It was uh, it was a disaster. And the worst part is I only got fucking one trophy of the three <laughs> hardcore trophies. So I got to do a completely new character. Completely new run through. And we sped through that shit. And that took like fucking all damn day. Several all damn days. The context for this is important. 
it's very important. You, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I remember, you know, we went through this. It probably took three Saturdays to get to this point, and we we beat the game, like you said, and I had trolled you or annoyed you a ton on the, a regular character. Whenever my regular character was a crusader and the crusader has this horse ability that makes it so that you can summon a horse and jet ahead, basically go like super fast. And I would troll crow with that whenever we were doing our regular playthrough. So when he finally found out how to equip that skill, he only got to use it for like five minutes before he charged into a freaking huge mob and just died. <laughs> it's hilarious. I was, I was so salty. And the worst, part, the worst part is I was trying to use my horse to charge out of that horde and I was still stuck and I was just like, you're useless. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I still crack up at it. So, you know, with that out of the way, see, he had a rant and now I have a rave that continues on that. So that also devolves into a rant. No, 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 no. See, Crow's Diablo three hardcore character ended in massive failure whereas my 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 diablo 3 hardcore character which was a wizard by the way named tris a reference to the witcher 3 just want to throw that out there i beat the game and Mm. i got to level 70 and i got all the hardcore trophies and it's funny because so that's my that's my rave you know yay i don't have to worry about hardcore anymore i got all the trophies now here's my rant mini rant I was actually in the process of talking to Crow about, you know, how he died and, you know, how hardcore characters suck. And uh, I I had never used a greater rift keystone, uh, which I had gotten from doing a regular rift. Rifts are like in-game dungeons. And so I did that and I used it thinking, oh, well, I'm level 70. I've got a couple paragon levels under my belt. I'm clearly equipped to do this. And so I went in and literally zero seconds of retaliation time i got gangbanged by the biggest mob of monsters and i died immediately like i'm talking in like two hits i died i couldn't i was actually in the process of reacting the exact same way as crow was whenever he died i was like saying no rapidly my heart rate was through the roof i felt like someone i cared about was dying and it turns out someone I cared about did die. So it was rough. So hardcore sucks. I've still got to do it again. Never going to do it again. And that's that's about that's about summarizes our rant or rave for this week. It was salty enough to uh, made us salty enough to where we didn't want to play the game anymore. Yet here we are still playing the game, still trying to get that platinum because I'm a trophy whore. So uh, yeah, we need to we need to move on. We've got quite a bit we're going to talk about here. Actually, our week in review is not that bad this week, but let's make this the formal segue for week in review. So a couple things happened this week in gaming, and the most notable one that I could think of or that I've been hearing for most of this week is No Man's Sky was a game of disappointment, a game that was built on lies and deceit and treachery yes really i mean the creator or the director of that game lost the trust of all the fans whenever that game came out and it was nothing like they were saying it was going to be like and so people hated it they stopped playing it really quickly in an odd turn of events they stuck with the game they revamped everything about it and they patched the heck out of it and they released what's known as No Man's Sky Next, which is supposedly delivering on most of or some of the promises that they were making about the game way back whenever it was coming out initially. And it's been received pretty well. I mean, people have been, it's getting people back into the game and it's supposedly a lot better than what it was when it first released. So that's good. It's it's nice to see that people that these game developers actually stuck with a game that was doomed to fail essentially. And they stuck with it and they fixed it and they're still trying to fix it. It's been at least a year since it's been released. It's crazy. I don't know. I've, I've, I've heard nothing but shitty things about it. So 
uh, you know, if they're trying to fix their mistake, good on them. We'll we'll see how that works out for them. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not gonna lie, I I don't really have any any news or updates, so this is all on you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll I'll quickly go through these then. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Jay Pinkerton, who was kind of a big wig author that worked at Valve, he's actually back at Valve after he was put on or he left the company for undisclosed reasons about an, a year ago. And so it's actually pretty interesting because he's back at the company and he was the author for Portal, Left for Dead, Team Fortress, and a couple other games that Valve put out that were hugely popular. So there's potential. There's potential that the there could be new games coming out from Valve and that's what people want. Gabe Newell actually came out and said, you know, we're going to start shipping games again. And that made everyone super hyped because Valve has just been able to sit back and do nothing because they make so much money off of Steam. So it's good to hear that they're getting back into publishing and putting out games. And so Jay Pinkerton coming back is a pretty good sign, even though he's not listed as being an author on the staff website. We're not sure what role he's fulfilling right now, but he's back at the company and that bodes well for people who want to see more games come from valve so that's interesting the next notable thing is that there's going to be a new season of the walking dead starting this sunday um it's going to be the last one with andrew lincoln in it and andrew lincoln is the guy who plays rick who is the main character so i'm really not sure how amc is going to plan on pursuing the series after andrew lincoln leaves I don't think that they probably should keep it going after that, but that's just this humble podcaster's opinion. I actually, actually did remember a little bit of a uh, little bit of news that I can report on. So, Spider Man is is coming close to a release date. Um, I believe it's September seventh. So people have started hyping that up like more than it was already getting hyped up, and sounds like it's received pretty good reviews from most of the people that have seen it that have played it. So. I, I'm not personally all that interested in it, but I could see that changing if it comes out and, you know, gets like a lot of good reviews. So that's something to keep your eye on. And then lastly, for, well, for me, I know you don't really follow this much, but, uh, I've mentioned before that I, that I dabble in stocks and a lot of big uh, companies have been releasing their like earnings for, I guess, the quarter of the year. I, I don't know what it is, but. Um, so Facebook and Twitter <laughs> both shot down from, from their announcements. And I think Sony and somebody else, maybe Nintendo, I'm not sure, but we're, we're supposed to get a few more announcements today and over the next few days. So something to keep your eye on if you also dabble in that. Interesting. So, Yeah. And then there's one other thing. I thought this was this was kind of just like a shock piece that I saw going around that I thought was interesting. So Magic the Gathering, which is one of the most popular card games ever made, there's a card in that game known as the Black Lotus, and it is like one of the rarest cards from any series of any card game ever. And there was a first edition printing of Black Lotus that was sold on eBay for $38,000. Wow crazy and it actually was sold i mean the payment went through someone did fulfill the purchase so yeah that's a lot of money for a little slip of cardboard yeah was that was that a bid or was that the asking price that was a bid wow yeah there's a high demand i mean it is the rarest card in magic at least and then i'm pretty sure it's the rear uh, the rarest card in almost any card game or one of the rarest cards there are a couple in pokemon yeah, like first edition Charizard from like the original. Yeah, first gen. People people are willing to put out money for cards. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I think if you uh, oh man, what's it called? Like Storage Wars or something like that. Like where people go and and like buy shit that's just been hanging around in a storage shed for so many years. I saw I saw an episode like, and I've never watched another episode of my life. But that like just in passing, I saw an episode where. They, they went through a storage unit, they got nothing, and then they found a bunch of Pokemon cards. And they had, they were, like, trying to convince, like, one another, like, 
Oh, man, these are just garbage. No, man, people were willing to pay good money for these. It was a, it was a funny episode, because I'm sitting over here watching like, Oh my god, if you motherfuckers trash this, I will fly up there and kick your ass. <laughs> oh, man, and that... Not not to go off on another tangent, but that reminded me, you know, Pawn Stars. There was mm-hmm. an episode of Pawn Stars that was had Pokemon cards in it, and a guy brought an entire binder full of like first edition Charizards in it, and he was asking an obstinate amount of money for them. I mean, it was like a hundred thousand dollars or something. It was crazy. How much did they? How much did they offer? I don't remember, but I mean, it showed the owners, you know, Rick the one of the head guys it showed him making fun of it and he's like i don't know what these pokemans are you know i'm pretty sure it was, it's scripted but it was funny because they were just like i'm not going to pay that much money for cards so yeah just throwing that out there anyway we 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 should probably move on <laughs> yes time to move on into our main topic we are talking about things that we take for granted in life you know, like the girl that you dated in high school and college, and you let her get away, and you... <laughs> no, no, I can't say uh, Can't say I took her for granted. <laughs> let's, just, uh, <laughs> let's just talk about things that we take for granted in games. How about that? Yeah, we can do that. That's an easier topic. It is an easier topic. I think... Uh, I think the one that came up to mind immediately for both of us, because we had kind of touched on it last week, was the whole memory card thing. Yep. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> uh, definitely. So, like, fuck, I, I, we're both on the same page with this. Like, back in the day, Nintendo 64, or even the Nintendo before that, even the original Nintendo, <laughs> trying to play through a game without a memory card, it was infuriating having to go back and do the same shit over and, and like after a time, like I just became used to it. Like I didn't even think about it as a, it was just like, all right, let me just get through this part real quick. And then I'd like, you know, spend three hours doing something I did the day before. <laughs> I just don't think that people, I'm about to sound old, even though I'm not people nowadays don't realize how bad it was whenever you had to marathon a game to be able to actually, get through it because you couldn't get your parents or you couldn't convince your family to get a freaking memory card. <laughs> like that was such a struggle, such a nineties, eighties kid struggle or some stuff like that, man. Did you ever play uh, I think it was called Frogger, the great quest or something like that. It was a PS2 game. No, I don't think I did. So it was such an early basic ass PlayStation game. Like, you know, it was a platformer with Frogger. And it was it was fun, but I didn't have a memory card for that either. And me and my brothers, we played through that shit, and like we only ever got to the end of the game like twice, I think, like two or three times. And it took us fucking forever to get to the point where we could like get that far into the game in like less than a day. Um, you know, alternating obviously because we had to share with each other. But we fi- so we finally got to the very last boss in the game. I don't even remember what the fuck it was. I think it was like a Nightmare King or some bullshit. Like a Goblin King, maybe. or I, I don't know. But anyway, dude that kidnapped a princess. Sounds familiar. Um, and we had, to cl- we had to beat him to clear the game, rescue the princess, and make Frogger's dreams come true. You want to know what happened? The fucking disc was scratched, and it glitched right there. I never beat that game because the one time we got to the very end the game glitched and we couldn't go any further oh man that's that's terrible so yeah the the ability to save was definitely huge um even you think about saving like even way back when like you had to use like a password to save like you're your save file was basically a password associated with your account. If you're thinking like the old school games, like uh, I played like this boxing game on, on Game Boy Color way back when. I think I played Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. something or another. It's the same way. Oh, Jeepers Creepers, I think is what it was called. Um, yeah, the password system. The password systems were fun. <laughs> if you lost your password, 
you lost all the progress you had ever made in that game. I remember it was high stakes. I didn't play that many games that actually had the passwords, but uh, I know that that was a popular way. That was a popular saving mechanism that they had back then. It was basically just a code that would like direct the game to the specific spot where you were at. Like it was just a, it was like a manual way of getting to a checkpoint essentially. So times have changed. And even the fact that we had a password system, you know, like back on the fucking Atari, your progress was what you made in that one moment. And then, you know, you get like a little three character pin name to be recognized by. And that's it. The innovation from that, from high scores to passwords to save files and now to autosave. See, yeah, I was going to I was going to say, you know, even taking if you want to take it one step farther, further from just uh, just saving the auto saving as a mechanic. I cannot tell you how many times that is <laughs> saved me. Um, yeah. yeah. Aha. Um, so like living where I lived, just as an example, if I was playing on a console and I, li- I lived in the country. So whenever the power would go out, if I was playing during a storm because I was a stupid little kid and I had no fear, um, <laughs> you know, it was the struggle. So if I was playing a game and the power would go out, I would lose so much because I didn't save for the longest time. And I had to build myself up into a habit of actually saving every opportunity. But just the concept, whenever they came out with games that had the auto saving, that I cannot tell you how many hours that ended up saving me just because if the power went out or something or somehow my game got messed up or anything that could happen with with gaming. I can't tell you how many times it saved me just to be able to fall back on that auto save. So I don't know if you uh, if you remember this, but so so I basically skipped over the the, the third generation consoles. Like I I didn't have I didn't have an Xbox 360, and I didn't have a PlayStation. Uh, I didn't have a PlayStation 3 like until the very end, and I literally only played it like two or three times before it had to go into storage, and I and I moved away. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I think I, I think you had to explain to me and I still didn't understand or believe it. I think you had to explain to me how autosave worked. Cause I kept trying to ask you like, where's the memory card? How am I supposed to save this? And you were like, Oh, it saves myself. And I was like, I don't understand. When does it save? How do I <laughs> save my data? And <laughs> it's something like, even whenever I got the PS4, which I, you know, play religiously now it's still hard for me to wrap my mind around because like I played all these PlayStation two games and you know, I like to grind up my games. So there would be times where like, as you said, thunderstorms happen or the power goes out for no explicable reason or fuck. Maybe I think I saved and I didn't and I turned my PlayStation off and I've lost two hours of gameplay. Shit like that, like, it got to the point where, like, even if I thought I had saved, I would save, like, three more times just to make sure that I was safe. Yeah, so I did that, too. the quality of life now is so, like, we're, we're talking about shit that we take for granted. I don't think I take that for granted because that was my life for at least, like, 10 or 15 years. I think, well, yeah, you, we probably don't because we were so negatively affected by we had some negative experiences, so we're kind of scarred from it. So we don't really, I still appreciate the feature and I don't think I'm to the point where I actually take it for granted. Like I still fully recognize that that is a vital feature that we have, but I know that a lot of people, they don't, they don't really consider how important it is to even have a save function, much less to have a freaking auto save function. Like that is amazing. And so I kind of thought, Here's another one that I kind of thought of that I know people take for granted and we kind of have mixed feelings on it, but you got to admit that it's got its pros is game installs, like installing a game to a hard drive, like whether that's an actual like spinning disc hard drive or a solid state drive. If you install a game to a solid state drive, your load times are so fast, like they're so fast. 
even if you install it to a regular hard drive, your load times are dramatically reduced. And so I was never one who cared so much whenever, you know, back in the PlayStation one, they had some pretty bad load times and Nintendo kind of had a one up on them. (laughs) That was another little pun. Uh, They kind of had a little bit of an advantage with cartridges because cartridges loaded faster, but they were more expensive to produce. So I never really cared about load times, but now the load times on most games are so minimal that it doesn't break your immersion that much, I don't think. I don't think people really, there's a certain age group now that's coming into gaming that they're not aware of what load times really truly are, (laughs) you know, where you have to, you'd walk through a door and you would have to wait like 35, 45, God forbid a minute for a load time to go through. You know, you could almost go to the kitchen and get a drink. The worst of it is whenever like it glitched on you and like it would just keep loading and loading and loading and you were like. Surely it's been a minute, hasn't it? And then you like go leave the room, come back, it's still loading, and you have to restart the fucking game. And you didn't auto save, so you lost all the progress. Yeah, the, all of these things stack. <laughs> I don't know. I could kind of look at load times back in the day. Load times were kind of like, okay, time to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Or I'm I mean, going go to like, I'm gonna go to the kitchen. I'm going to go to the kitchen, get a drink, or get some Doritos, or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, virtually never pause the game. You just like get to a loading screen, run to the bathroom, get a drink, get a cookie, whatever the fuck you want to do. Talk to your parents for like a good hour or so. You know, you got time. Yeah. yeah. Kind, of, kind of a kind of similarly um I know we we've, we've got mixed feelings on this, but DLC patches, digital downloads, like the fact that we're the fact that all of this is easily accessible, the fact that we can um get all this in the hard drive of our of our consoles and stuff. It saves time. A lot of times it saves money. It allows the developers to continually improve their product. You know, arguably that's, you know, we've, we've debated on that. But I mean, I, th- I think at the very least conceptually, it's a good concept. Whether it's implemented properly or not, that's, that's a different story. But these are things that we take for granted that we didn't used to have. You know, th- this should have just been the nostalgia episode. <laughs> It might have, yeah. It kind of ties into a couple of other episodes that we've done. But really, it's a continuation to points that we've made in several episodes before. But these are things that... DLCs, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I can say I take them for granted. Because I still get infuriated by them whenever they pop up and I can't download them because I don't have space. So, I mean, there's a silver line. Or there's a caveat to all of this, I think. Yeah, no, most of the, it does allow a developer to continually update their product and to offer gamers stuff that would have been unheard of. You know, yeah, it, it is something that's important to point out with that because back in the day, if a game came out and it had a problem, they'd have to re-release the entire game. Like, I believe, wasn't it like D, uh, Devil May Cry 3 that was like ludicrously hard? And it was so hard that they actually had to re-release the game with a brand new mode that was easier so that people could beat it. Uh, maybe. I know. I know it had a special edition, but I didn't think that was the original reason for it. I think that's the reason for it. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent sure it was Devil May Cry Three. It was so hard. People complained about it, and they released the special edition. Yeah, among them was a difficulty tweak. So it's funny now because you look, if you go to the PlayStation store right now and you look, for instance, like Devil May Cry 4, it was released on the PlayStation 4, like remastered, and you can straight up just download a DLC of it that's modified difficulty. Just accessibility is the word for it. It's just so easy to for developers to do that now. Ooh, that's a <laughs> that's another very important one, though. Difficulty modes. And like yeah. even even we might take that for granted because it's been a thing for most of our gaming life. But you know, a lot of those games, like the earlier ones especially, there's only one difficulty. You play through it like this, and you know, that's it. Now the fact that we have you know, going back to Diablo three, the fact that you can play as like a casual player or a hardcore player fact that you can play is like normal mode all the all the way through like fucking torment 13 or whatever um you know there's more versatility there you can choose 
your gaming experience. You can customize your gaming experience based on however many options they give you. Sometimes there's only one way to play. You know, Overwatch and Dead by Daylight, there's not a whole lot you can do if you get paired with somebody that wants to be a jackass. But for the single-player games, at the very least, there's usually different options. Yeah, that's a good point. I I didn't even think of that, difficulty modes. But, (laughs) yeah, if a game came out and the default difficulty was too hard, you were out of luck. You just had you had to like get a friend to come over and help you get through it, or you wouldn't even have the possibility of doing that. So you just wasted money on a game that you're never going to be able to beat. Yep, and then also having having things like uh, leveling and and growth and skill trees and things like that, having the option to improve your your uh, your player or your character or whatever. That's also kind of plays on that. Is like okay, maybe the game's too hard. But it won't be if you reach level 25. That's, that's another dynamic that didn't previously exist. Yeah. I think, before I forget this one, it just popped into my head. Since we're talking about accessibility, um, I think that people take maps for granted. Definitely think, like, included maps in games they take for granted. Mm-hmm. And the most immediate example I can think of involving that is in, on the original Nintendo Entertainment System whenever the original Legend of Zelda came out, that was considered a huge, sprawling game. I mean, it was huge. And people had to draw and grid out their own maps. I actually know someone that I worked with that their grandmother was so addicted to Zelda when it came out that she she would like make color-coded maps of the of the entire overworld, like all the dungeons all the overworld and she kept her maps. She kept her grandmother's maps and she showed them to me. And it's just like a whole level of dedication that people don't really take into consideration now, since you can just hit a start menu and see a map in almost every game. It's kind of funny to think that Etrian Odyssey's gimmick is that it lets you make your own map. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they can make that a selling point, (laughs) is interesting in and of itself, but People, de- I think people do take for granted the ability that, or the fact that you can have a map bundled in with almost all of these games. I mean, imagine, pick any game that you've played, especially like an RPG or an open world game, and imagine having to navigate your way around it at the size of what they are now, the games that are the way that they are now without a map. Oh man, just, yo, imagine Pokemon Silver version without a map. No. Imagine trying to navigate your way through Johto League, like crossing the fucking sea, and then you got to go through Kanto. Well, would would quick traveling be considered something that people take for granted? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and it's funny too, because I, I actually didn't write this one down, but it briefly crossed my mind at one point. You're 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 talking about like literally like bouncing from one place to another, which is definitely a big one. What I actually thought of was like, you know, in Pokemon when you get like the bike and the running shoes. Like the original Pokemon game, I think you get a bike, but it's like really wonky at some point. You didn't get running shoes, so you're just stuck going at the snail's pace throughout the entire game. Um, but definitely being able to like insta travel from one place to another. It's also it's also funny to hear like the excuses or the explanations that they give for that, like, oh, there's a distortion in the space time continuum that allows you to go to a previously accessed safe point. Oh, I'm gonna swap my body with another body. I'm gonna put my mind inside another robotic body so I can instantly be where I've already been. I love that shit. The running shoes were a game changer, and they I'm really pretty sure were, that though. was. I mean, it's such a simple concept, but. I'm pretty sure that the first time that they were put in was the third generation, like Ruby, yeah. Sapphire, Emerald. I remember the first time I got those running shoes, my little kid brain was blown. I was just like, this is going to make it so much easier. Isn't it? It's your mom that gives you those shoes in the game, isn't it? She like yes. randomly like journeys out to meet you midway through your journey and says, oh, honey, I forgot. Here's some comfortable sneakers. And oh, you got to press B to use them. But you can go faster. Oh yeah, I forgot they kind of break the uh, they break the fourth wall a little bit on that. It's funny. 
Yeah, that was that was some good shit, man. Ooh, hey, you'll appreciate this one. Lit screens. Oh my god. Did you think yes. of that one? I did not think of that one, but I should have. <laughs> so like Oh no. Once upon a time, back when I was, you know, somewhere between five and ten years old, you could find me every night under the covers with a Game Boy in one hand and a flashlight in the other. Um and every time my parents would try to, you know, peek in on me to make sure I was actually sleeping. I would have to immediately turn everything off and hope that my battery didn't die. And that's another one. Oh, Not having no to rely idea. on fucking batteries anymore to the to the same extent. Oh, we've got to. Yeah, there's no way that we can talk about these without talking about them together. Yeah. And I actually I actually just thought of that one. I, that wasn't on my list. I can't believe I didn't think of either one of these, given how prevalent of a problem that they were for me growing up. We had, in my family, we had this giant, like, hubba bubba container where it was just full of batteries. And, like, every, like, two weeks, I would have to go in there and try to see if there were any working batteries. But the, pro- <laughs> the problem was we weren't supposed to use the batteries that frequently, but my parents kind of uh, underestimated just how fucking much I play video games. So I would have to go in like every two weeks and trade out the shitty batteries I had for some new ones. And after a while, uh, I started, you know, double, like I'd get the same shitty batteries I had put in there. Because it was was a clusterfuck of batteries and I was just trying to find some, some working ones. Sometimes I would get one good one and one bad one, so it would be like half as long, and I was just like, I don't know what's happening anymore. That sounds very similar to the experiences that I had. So I've got two little stories associated, well, explanations for how this affected me. So I traveled a lot whenever I was younger, or my family traveled a lot whenever I was younger, so Game Boy, a Game Boy was like my best friend. And so back before that they had the backlit screens like they did in the... uh, Game Boy Advance SPs. I remember specifically, unlike the original Game Boy and on the Game Boy Advance, the original model, if it was like getting to be close to dark or it was like getting dark and we were driving through the city, I felt very like I did not want to be deterred from completing my task. So I would play the game without a backlit screen and I would wait for us to drive underneath a street, street light. lamp yeah <laughs> that was the thing <laughs> that was the thing i would wait and they were like every i don't know 15 20 feet or so so i would literally get like five seconds of gameplay <laughs> and then i'd stop and you and had pause. playing rpgs back then if you were playing a platformer you were fucked it's funny because i was playing mario oh, i was God. playing mario i remember specifically trying to play mario and i would pause every time i went into the the cover of darkness and then I would unpause whenever I got that brief glint of light. So that was my, I I did that so many times with, uh, with the game boys and then with the batteries. So it's very similar to what you said. We had a container in our house and it was, it was an old coffee can. Okay. It was, it was jank. And so we, we would throw all of our, or they would throw all of their batteries into it and they were mismatched. They were different brands. They were different types. You know, you had triple A's, double A's, you had the circular ones. They were all in there. And so I straight up, I straight up felt like a junkie, like a young one. I would straight up go in there and I would just like, I would just like open that cabinet, get that container. And I would just start digging through trying to look for like double A batteries. And uh, I didn't care if they were matched. I didn't care if they were like, I didn't care about what effects it might have on the circuitry. I just got them and I would just plug them in until it would turn on. And then most of the time, I don't know if you remember like the original Game Boys, they had the uh, the low power red light. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah. That's another thing. Uh, battery indicators that don't go from zero to 100, like, <laughs> you know, they actually tell you a percentage <laughs> for like mobile gaming. What was really bad though is if you get like one used battery and one new battery and it like it's green at first, but then like not even a day Shit. later it goes to red and you're just like, well, Shit, which one is it? Yeah, it's like make up your mind. 
Yeah, that's funny. I remember. Yeah, the, I can't believe I didn't think of the not the the backlit screens. I didn't think of that one, and I didn't think of the. We got uh, another one. I didn't think of the batteries. We got another one. You'll like the transition away from cords. I actually put that. I put that on my oh, yeah. wireless controllers. Is what I put. Yes, and even mm-hmm. even the playstations themselves, not just PlayStation, but Xbox Two. I'm assuming, like even the the cords that you need to like fucking connect to other shit to turn the the system on. It's not as it's not as clustered as it used to be. Yeah, they don't rely as much on power bricks anymore. They've got internal battery or internal power supplies, a lot of the times. So yeah, that that's incredibly helpful. Yeah. Hey, that actually remi- since I that reminds me since I brought up wireless control or you you mentioned wireless controllers and we both both thought of it. Something else I think that people definitely take for granted now is like the rumble feature on controllers. Oh, like the vibration. Yes. I didn't get it. Like I'm not gonna lie, the very first time that like I realized my controller was vibrating, I was kind of freaked out. I was like, "What the fuck? Why is it doing this?" It was weird. It was yeah, it was such a and, it was but, a weird experience. But like, and I, I to be fair, I don't think they they used it effectively. Like whenever they first started incorporating that into into the consoles, but now like it's part of the experience. Like if you get hit in a game, you're feeling it on the controller. Yeah, they they definitely weren't implementing it correctly in the beginning. It was kind of viewed as a gimmick, and a lot of people kept viewing it as a gimmick even as the years went on, but you look and see how long, I mean, it's been a feature of controllers since the nineties. I mean, it is cemented itself as an expected component of a controller. Like it's a part of the experience. It really does add to it. If it's done right, which it's done really well, a lot of the times now it actually makes you feel the impact of whatever's happening in the game. So I think people definitely take that for granted. I don't know. It, like, it's not. It's definitely not virtual reality by any means. But it, it's like it's a. It was a good first step, almost. It's like it, the ability to feel, not necessarily what your character is feeling, but like you know, if your if your character is feeling the impact of something, to be able to feel it yourself is is interesting. It's just pretty cool. I hadn't even thought it of was that. Immersive. That was a good one. Yeah, it's very immersive. I like it. Oh. What about what about how much easier it is to connect with people online now? That was another thing I was going to mention. My bad. <laughs> no, 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 because it's actually maybe they're not taken as granted as much since we both uh we both thought of them independently. Well, we're also from a from an older generation of gamers though, I guess. Yeah. I, it is kind of crazy and we've actually talked about this in a previous episode talking about like how couch co-op was amazing and it brought people together but you can't you can't deny the convenience of being able to play and stay connected with people who are halfway across the United States halfway across the world even the fact that you can still share that experience with them that's unheard of that was completely unheard of we never would have expected that whenever we were kids I wouldn't have at least not even that, but like the fucking link cable concept. Like, you ever try to play a Pokemon battle or uh, like a Yu Gi Oh game, like back when you had the Game Boy Advance or the Game Boy SP? You try to play that shit with somebody else. If they if they're a store sport and they just like disconnect the cable in the middle of that shit, that is frustrating. That is annoying. And you know, not a whole lot of people had those anyway. Like that's pr- I, I feel like that might be part of the reason why they transitioned away from it. Because, like, three generations of Pokemon games, I didn't fucking know anybody that had one of those. Like, I had one because I knew what I was looking for and I knew I wanted to connect with people. But everybody always bummed mine. I remember feeling immense anxiety back on the school playground whenever, if I did get someone to agree to trade me for a Pokemon that I had been needing Mm -hmm. and we had a link cable... And, you know, whenever you actually initiate that transfer, it tells you, you know, like, don't remove the link cable. I cannot tell you how much anxiety I had that someone was just going to yank it or they were just going to last minute make a decision that they didn't want to do it. And they would just yank that controller out or the cable out. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing, too, though, like, because a lot of people use that cable to trade for Pokemon that they needed, like to complete their Pokedex or whatever. But 
it, it's not even an issue anymore to to get those Pokemon. Like, I think I've I've cleared the Pokedex of two Pokemon games: Pokemon Yellow and Pokemon Y. Pokemon Y. That was solely because of how easy it is to access online Pokemon. Because I could do it from with anybody in the world. I could put in like what I was looking for, what I had to offer, you know, blah blah blah. Like the the accessibility of that, the convenience of that, that never would have happened with anything but a first gen game if they hadn't gone to like this online fashion. Yeah, I, I think that online, the online infrastructure in general, is something that people may take for granted now but then again they might not because it is quite infuriating and i've experienced this recently it's infuriating whenever you are playing something online and the connection drops it makes you realize just how reliant you are on it and just how like it's just the way that the the industry is going so i mean i don't take it for granted as much as i used to because it's been messing up for me a lot (laughs) But I do think people kind of take it for granted. Oh, well, and that's where you got to appreciate having uh, single-player and multiplayer modes, too. Yeah, for sure. When the Wi-Fi drops, you still got other options. Yeah. the last One of the last ones that I kind of thought of for this is uh, the soundtracks, the evolution of music, the orchestral soundtracks. And I have a specific like story pertaining to this. So I have a little cousin who is like eight or nine years old now and he's getting into gaming and he plays all of these new games. He plays a lot of uh, games on the switch, just like a lot of people at that age group. He loves Nintendo games. And so he's been playing the new Mario games like super Mario Odyssey. He's been playing that a lot and he had never played an original Mario game and he had never seen an original Mario game. And so one time whenever I was actually hanging out over with the family and we were having a family get together, I brought my old gaming equipment. I brought like my old Game Boy, my old Game Boy Advance, all the games that I used to play. And we sat down and he was playing on his Switch. And I was just like, have you ever seen the original, like one of the original Mario games? Like he's, and he said, no, obviously. And so (laughs) whenever I, Whenever I gave him a Game Boy, first of all, he had no idea what the heck a Game Boy or like that kind of Game Boy was. He was like, why is it so big? You know, he's making comments like, why does the screen look so terrible? Uh, Why is it so dark? Just like, appreciate it for what it is, boy. You know, anyway, (laughs) I put a Mario game in and he played it and he said, this sounds terrible. Like he thought that the chip music that they had on the on the, uh, yeah, the cartridge sounded terrible. You kind of associate that music with like the pixel look too. Yeah. It's like, that's the best that they could do due to, you know, like storage. Yeah. Storage constraints and all the other issues that are associated with that. And so you've got all this like PCM bit music and in the first, he's like, this sounds terrible. It looks terrible, you know? And I guess you could say graphics aren't really appreciate or, are taken for granted now too because everything just looks so good mm-hmm. but anyway i just thought i'd throw it in that you know we have full full orchestrated soundtracks now like they bring in composers to make full out soundtracks for these games and that was never a thing like back in the day it was just kind of like an afterthought in most cases yeah, you literally didn't really think about music back then. Like if you were if you were playing Mario, you'd have like the whimsical music of jumping over shit, and then whenever you enter like a dark cave or castle, it's like the sinister sounding music, and that's about it. I mean, for me though, I I loved the music whenever I was a kid. I don't know, it, they did a good job working with what they had. It's just when you compare it to what you've got now, it's kind of just like they've got a nostalgia factor with it that makes it appealing. It's it's kind of cute to hear what it used to be like, but now it just blows it out of the water in terms of quality and actual effectiveness of you know immersing you and all that stuff. Yeah, I think, uh, I think my last one's probably going to be uh, admiring the fact that not everything's region locked anymore. Not everything, you're right, but there are some still that are. But yeah, that is uh, it's becoming less and less of a thing. Even even if it is region locked, like the fact that it's 
become I guess more popular more more popular for for them to like bring it over here to us. I'm th- so I'm thinking specifically like all these like anime related games that came out on the DS back in you know the early early to mid two thousands. Uh, you know there were there were like three different Death Note games, and I wanted to play at least one of them so badly. I didn't. I I almost didn't care that I wouldn't be able to understand it. I was like, shit. I'll still I'll still buy this game just to be able to play it. But it wouldn't have worked on my DS. So, you know, it feels like they've made less games that I actually really want, as as far as like the anime games go. But it feels like it's also starting to become more of a thing. I mean, we just had like a, a the last show or the show before that we talked about how they're like announcing all these different anime games. And I feel like they're about to get like another surge in popularity. And we're going to see most, if not all of them over here, partially because of the regional lock thing, partially because it's an untapped market that's about to explode. Yeah. I think localization is a big one. And I think just like you said, the lack of region locking or just that as a concept is falling, falling off more and more. That's, that's important to mention. And you know, we can get our hands on these games easier. Like you got to take into consideration anything, any for any Eastern sort of stuff like anime or anything games over there before the internet or before the nineties, it was almost impossible. It was very difficult to get that stuff. You had to have an, a connection over there. You had to go over there. Like there were people that would like tape and record anime over there and they would distribute it over here because they weren't able to i mean that's the only way you could get your hands on it and same thing with games you can literally just go to google now and type in like eureka 7 or something any or evangelion or whatever series you want in the game and it'll pop up with all these different websites you can import them from and you'll just be able to get them and put them in your system and play crazy age that we're living in so accessible so easy to get in touch with things that were previously unheard of really yeah it's i don't know we we we, we've taken a lot for granted but we've also lived through a lot and seen like how far it's come so you know the the video game industry isn't perfect by any means but seeing how far it's come has been pretty pretty fun pretty exciting i feel like and thinking about how much farther it will go is even crazier yeah, I don't even know where they can go from here, but you have to realize that it's got to be exciting to see how much change has happened even in the past 15 or 20 years and to think about what they're capable of doing in the next 15 or 20 years. Who knows? Maybe some of the stuff that we're talking about now will really be taken for granted, but there will pl- probably be plenty more that is taken for granted by then or maybe not even as applicable. I have like full virtual reality like sets and gear and shit like that as opposed to like just a headset by then yeah you'll probably be able to completely immerse yourself into a full simulation or something i don't know it'll be interesting this is a fun topic it is we can record back on this in 15 or 20 years on potage oh yeah yeah and we definitely can oh yeah yeah it'll be fun all right i think that's that's a wrap on the main topic you think i think so all right you know what that means I have some sort of idea of what that means. Oh, should I spell it out? You always do. Name of S-H-A-M-E and phrase of P-R-A-I-S-E. Man, you're a good speller. I almost use a Z for praise. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> name of shame and phrase of praise. I-, I want you to go first. My name of shame, and I actually... Uh, I pulled this from a previous outline that we had done even before our very first episode's outline that we never use that I feel like has been in storage long enough. Oh, no. You're here to hear first, Mr. Poobington. (laughs) That's the very first. The very first uh, name that I have in the list. We, we've held on to that one long enough. <laughs> I really wanted to use that. That's the very first one that we ever, that ever started this list. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> I had forgotten all about it. And as soon as I saw that, because I was, 
I was trying to condense some some of our outlines into like one folder, and I I pulled up this outline. I was like, "Is this for episode one?" And I pulled it up. I was like, "No, this is like before episode one when we were like planning how the show's structure was gonna be." And I saw that, and I was like, "Yeah, that's it. That's the one." Ah, uh, I didn't forget about it. Aww. It's just been it's just been fermenting for a while. For fucking eighteen episodes, you popped the cork on it, and, and like a really fine wine. Yes, it is for you to enjoy now, 18 episodes into our existence. Mr. Poop. <laughs> what was that from? It, it was a gamer tag. Overwatch? Probably. All right. Okay, so a little bit of context for mine. This was recent. This was actually two days ago, I believe. Dead by Daylight, our game of choice. And we were put onto this team. I think you were on this. I think you were playing with me whenever this happened. Um, put on this team and got a Megan on our team. And she didn't seem very remarkable. Seemed pretty average. Blah, blah, blah. And what ended up happening was I, I died. And so I was spectating and I was just flipping through the people. And I got to this Meg's name. And I, I was just like, that's that's phenomenal. <laughs> and the name is Sweaty Meatballs. Yeah, I was I was definitely playing with you for that one. And I think I think Cat was too, actually. Yeah, I think she was. Was that? Oh, yeah, that she was. Dead was. By Daylight. So then you were playing with her, and I was in the party listening to you finish up. I think. Yes. Yeah. It was a funny name. Sweaty I liked it. <laughs> and so, yeah. Do you want to go first on phrase of praise as well? I'm not sure <laughs> which which would you prefer I guess I'll go all right so more context this was also related to dead by daylight and uh, I don't remember what was happening I'm pretty sure it was on is the name of that map Springwood or Redwood what is I think it it's Springwood yeah we were on the the, uh, the map where it's raining and it's uh kind of misty or whatever and we started out on that map and I think one of the first things I, I, I got found almost immediately, I think. And I don't remember what you said, something about did did you actually say anything about this or did I just flat out come out and say it? Yeah, I think I said like uh something like uh it's dangerous in these neck of the woods or something like that. Oh yes. Yeah. He said something like that and I responded with it would probably work out better for me if I if I was in the neck of the woods, but I wasn't. I was in the anus of the woods. <laughs> good times, good times. That was a fun time. I, that was a good match. Yeah. The um. So my phrase of praise also came from Judge, which uh, it's kind of it's kind of frustrating to me how many idiotic things you have to say that are quote worthy. <laughs> Thank you. This was this was right before we uh, started recording this episode. Um, Judge was Judge was asking me to help test the test the volume of of his mic. He was like he was tapping on the table like, "Hey, can you hear this?" And I was like, "No, I can't." He's like, "Well, why can't you hear it? I I, th- I thought it was pretty loud." And I was like, "Look, Judge, I keep my volume low so my mic doesn't catch what you're saying." And uh, Judge's response to that was. Well, you don't have to worry about catching anything except these hands. <laughs> oh, I love that phrase. Catch these hands. It's it's one of the best things to happen <laughs> in the past youth culture five years. Happy. Yes, it's it's great. I, I think this was a good episode. I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, I think it, I think it worked out pretty well. But, of course, as always, we have to do a plug. We always have to do a plug. Plug it so, in. Plug it in. Yes. We want to know what you take for granted as a gamer. Or whatever you, what you think gamers in general take for granted. And you can tell... <laughs> we really want to know <laughs> what you take for granted. In games. So... You can reach out to us and tell us 
at our uh, Twitter handle, which is at RealPodgeHodge, or you can send us an email at contact at podgehodge.net. We'd love to hear from you. So it was a good episode. Had a lot of fun. This was episode 18. It's in the books now. It's in the records. We'll see you next week for episode 19. Later. Gator. Gator.